Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Half Hour on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. I am one half of your podcast team. My name is Greg Mahochko and my co-host on the West Coast joining me all the way from sunny Southern California. It's Chad Smart. Hello, Greg. Yes, it was very nice and sunny today. Um, I don't know if you are still experiencing the winter weather. I know about a week or so ago, my, my family in the central part of the, of the state of ill, where it is so ill, actually you're so ill, they're just so ill, um, but they said that they were snowed in. So I don't know if you got that much snow in your area lately. I did see that the, the hedgehog from Pennsylvania did say to expect a lot more. We had uh, like a slushy type of, of winter precipitation last week uh, that that actually kind of, you know, it's bad when now this is not like, uh, let me just say they, they weren't doing this years ago, but my, my oldest grade school, uh, they said, yeah, it's getting kind of sketchy out. So we're canceling extended care. And if you want to come pick up your child early, it'll be excused. So I did that uh, last Wednesday and then he was back to school on Thursday. We had a little bit of slush. It was, you know, parking lots and some of the roads were getting a little on the slick side as with the sleet. Um, but no, you know, we're, we're Illinois. We, we persevere. Okay. Well, that's good. Good to know. See, we, we here in LA, if it starts raining, we have to shut everything down and stay inside and stay off the streets because it's too dangerous to drive. Well, you know, because based on what I've seen in pictures, you know, motion pictures and TV shows that originate in L.A., uh, 90 plus percent of vehicles are convertibles. Can't take those out in the rain. Especially now with the top down. So well, and now with all yeah. the electric with all the electric vehicles, I mean, if they get wet, you're probably going to get electrocuted. And there's one thing they don't talk about. I'm so sorry about the yawn. My goodness, it's, <laughs> we're we're so we'll we'll drop this tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. We're we're not starting to record until after ten o'clock at night. So the fact that I'm even upright with my eyes open, uh, my co-host of the year over at Nerds United, Mike Luther, would be very uh, surprised to to learn that. But do you not still record the Nerd United shows at like 1130 at night? Uh, we try to start earlier anymore. Um, I think last week, last week we did a special one because I had some time in between some work uh, appointments that I actually went to Mike's house and we recorded at three or so, 315. So I worked out well. I like those afternoon recordings. Yeah, they're, they're nice. But- and I can also like. I, I don't know if you know this. I'm being somewhat quiet because the rest of my family is asleep. Understandably, it's after 10 o'clock. Uh, but the twins have probably been asleep for almost two hours. And then my oldest and my wife, probably at least an hour, probably borderline hour and a half. So that afternoon point or afternoon recordings, when it's just me in the house, I can be a little more uh, insane. Insane. So this won't be the episode where we test out our new musical group with pots and pans. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> it will not be. Although uh, sometime maybe my oldest would want to be around for that one. Mm. Do you think there's a cover band called Sticks and Stones where they just cover the music of Sticks and the Rolling Stones? No, but that would be great. Mm. I would pay to see that. Mm. I would probably... Well, I, I, <laughs> Because that, that's that's such an odd pairing, you know. Yeah. Uh, we all know that that the famous line from the Adam Sandler movie Big Daddy, where uh, most music critics are cynical assholes, and they they, uh, they would always uh, rate and review sticks poorly. Um, but a Sticks and Stones cover band—that's Chad. I I. I'm not in a position where I can laugh out loud appropriately enough for the entertainment that I had from that. Good. Congratulations, yeah. sir. He said, I've got all these 10 cent ideas and no one's given me a dime. I'll, I will Venmo you 10 cents. <laughs> okay. And you awesome. know who else will Venmo you 10 cents? Kevin Huntsberger. Oh, and then he'll charge me 25 cents for the 10 cents delivery. <laughs> All right. So last week we talked about uh, how we take in media largely through, you know, all of the streaming platforms and how it really does curate a, uh, oh, if you liked this show, maybe you'll like these three shows. And so it doesn't really, I think the sentiment that I was trying to express behind that was it doesn't necessarily allow you know, like the old walkthrough blockbuster video and, and uh, you know, see something in an, in a section of the store that maybe you haven't ventured into. Like you really have to do some digging to go, you have to go out of your way to find something that you've never seen before. Um, this week, at least that, that was my sentiment. I don't know if, if you feel similarly. No, I agree with you. Um, my, my girlfriend and I have had many um, moments where when I'm trying to find something to watch, she um, says all my scrolling gives her a headache and I ask her, how do you watch things then? And she just says, whatever's recommended. I just throw something on. I'm like, I hate being a cinephile because yeah, as much as I love, you know, bad stuff, I, I have also found that anytime, whether it's movies, TV shows, or music, if you say, oh, if you like this, then you'll probably like this. Nine times out of 10, I don't like what they're suggesting. So I, I feel like for me, some of the music that I've taken in re and, and look, I'm very much like my discover new music period. I feel like ended in 2003, right? Like I, I haven't gone out of my way, look for music, but uh, my buddy, Josh uh, in, in other shows, he's referred to as friend of the show and even best friend of the show over at Nerds United. Uh, but my buddy Josh, years ago, I mean, this has been a significant amount. I was still in terrestrial radio. He said, hey, man, you need to check out this one song. He sent me a YouTube uh, link to Little Lion Man by the English band Mumford and & Sons. Okay. And for whatever reason, maybe it was just the acoustic um, nature of it. Like I, you, you have, you know, anybody who has followed your podcasting career knows you really love like the hair metal bands of the eighties. And then you did transition 
uh, a, a little bit into, you know, like some early nineties hip hop and, and things like that. But like, I largely listen, like I, I grew up the, the stuff that I didn't have a say in, right? Like if I'm in mom or dad's vehicle was uh violent intense purposes. It was, you know, classic, not classic. It was like the hits of the seventies, eighties and today type of thing. You know, it was a lot of Billy Joel. It was um, like journey, things like that. Uh, when I finally had uh, buying power, I was, you know, like my first CD was Weezer's blue album. Um, I, you know, and, and from there, like I had, I say my first CD, I had a cassette a couple of years, even prior to that, the debut album, of the hip hop duo crisscross. Mm. Um, Did you jump? Jump? Yes, because the Mac Data made me. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, so it was like that that '90s alternative, uh, not necessarily grunge. Like I didn't dive like deep into Nirvana or Pearl Jam or things like that until a little bit old. But it was it was you know like, like I said it was the Weezer. It was um, uh, like the wallflower oasis. Uh, you know, I, I have a vivid memory of like laying in my bed reading in like 95, something like that. And listening to, uh, uh, like champagne, super champagne, supernova was, uh, playing on the radio station. So like, that's the, the stuff that I, I, and, and I evolved as, as I got older, you know, I, in, let's see, 2001, uh, I was introduced to a little band called Mudvayne. Peoria, Illinois own represent, um, you know, and so I, I, yeah, hmm? I've seen the photos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, like I, I went through a phase where I was like, I'm the metal head, you know, like the, the token metal head. Um, But Mumford and Sons hit me at at the right time. So like I've been exploring. And again, this has been several years ago, uh, but since then I've explored more, like acoustic bass, you know, like I really like the Abbott brothers. Uh, they have a tremendous documentary. I highly recommend. I, I believe it's still on HBO max. Um, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but if you go to HBO max and you type in Abbott brothers, basically it's um, a documentary around them uh, recording a particular album uh, with uh, uh, Rick Rubin of all people as, as the producer. So, um, you know, just, uh, like, but I, 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 I'm trying to say, by the way, I don't have a timer going, so I don't know if you do, because I feel like I've talked for a half hour already. <laughs> um, but like uh, musically, most of the things that I've taken in that's new have been uh, recommendations by, by friends. So I think that oftentimes the my visual entertainment has, has kind of been recommendations as well. I don't venture out of my you know, this is kind of for me for life. I don't venture out of my comfort zone too much. So it's, you know, largely somebody who knows me pretty well, who says, Hey, um, if you like this, I think, because I know you not, not this algorithm, you know, that's computer generated, but I think you might like this and, you know, they're often right. And that includes, and we can joke about this because uh, you were wondering how to get the quote unquote stink off. Uh, (laughs) But uh uh, comic book store. I go to my comic book store and, uh, you know, I haven't had a, a true, you know, off the shelf recommendation in a while, but I, you know, uh, the young gal, uh, was working there at the time. And I said, 
I said, I, I don't know. You know, I've, I've, despite my ever growing stack of comics, you know, what do you recommend? And she said, well, you think, what do you think like fantasy or sci-fi? I said, yeah, let's go fantasy this time. And she took me to volume one of what ended up being a four volume story that is complete now called die D I E not like die. I, I kill you. Um, but die as in German, uh, hmm? like die bark die. <clears throat> no, but like die is like dungeon and dragons, you know, wow. uh, dodecahedron type of die, uh, dice. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Best friend of the show, or, uh, sorry, co-host of the year. Mike over at nerd United has really enjoyed it. The three volumes he's read, um, so, but those are that's a different curated, you know, recommendation than the algorithm. Oh, I'm, I'm pulling this one. You like Sex in the City? You'll like Sex in the City, the movie, or whatever. You know, I, I don't like Sex in the City, so I don't know names. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to me. So I apologize to all of you Sex in the City enthusiasts out there for disrespecting your beloved intellectual property. Um, yeah, I was going to go back real quick. Um, if you like Mumford and Sons and I, I am really bad at making recommendations on music, but, uh, I would recommend Tony Luca, L-U-C-C-A. And I also recommend Butch Walker, um, especially his more recent stuff, which kind of straddles the line between rock or, um, singer songwriter type stuff. So, I would check those those bands out. Um, yeah, and as far as shows, like I said, it, it's come now where because I don't have cable, I don't just watch TV. You know, I don't know what's on a lot of times, and you just kind of go through the stations and be like, "Oh, here's a show," and it has Gordon Ramsay. Okay, I'm going to watch that because why not? It's fun, but but yeah, I don't know. You know, there's not a lot of a lot of the weekly episodic television is just stuff that I've been watching for years. That's still on the air and, and I'll watch that. But other than that, I don't, I'm trying to think of what was the last recommended show. You, you know, a lot of people like squid games. Mm-hmm. I haven't bothered to uh, take the time to really invest into watching squid games because I don't feel like reading that much. And if I do, I will pick up one of the 20 books that are laying on my end table that I have not read over the pandemic, which what else have I done? I haven't made bread. Haven't gotten shape. Haven't read books. I, I feel like I failed the pandemic. I feel like you, I need, we need to redo. You didn't have a kid. Uh, not that I'm aware of. No. <laughs> did, did you buy an air fryer? Uh, I did not buy an air fryer. Wow. Okay. So I, I know that there are three. It's usually like, I, I know it's, you know, have a kid or at least get pregnant of uh, air fryer. And there's a third one is like, Know, getting a dog or cat or, or something like that yeah uh yeah i did none of that um I, I did get a girlfriend so hey who has a kid so i guess technically kinda look at you hey, but yeah participating i'm so proud <laughs> of you Jed. um uh, i i wanted to say something i honestly at this point forgot what it was um uh, Oh, Squid Games. No, I enjoyed Squid Games quite a bit. Um, and, and again, I know, but I also, just because of all the noise going on in the house, more often than not, yeah. I almost always have captions on. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, that, that didn't displace me too much for my enjoyment. Um, and then another one that I actually just watched with 
finished up last night. Uh, it was yeah, maybe a week or so to watch was Archive 81, also mm-hmm. on Netflix, which I believe was eight episodes. Um, I thought they were going to put a nice little bow on it, wrap it up in one season, but they definitely set it up for a second season. So, Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of what, you know, I watched Cobra Kai, the latest mm-hmm. season, and I was kind of disappointed in that. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I'm, I, I think they have jumped the shark. Um, I, and I think all these people should be in, you know, in juvenile detention or police lockup for all the fighting that they do. But it's okay because it's sanctioned karate fighting, even though it's in a high school or at the movie yeah. theater or, you know, driving. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, and, and that's a weird one too. It, it, look, it's, it, you really, for, for a show that, you know, doesn't have any supernatural elements or, you know, superhero elements or, you know, it's just realistically, it's a bunch of kids in the valley you know, who are participating in, in karate, you really have to uh, suspend dis- your disbelief for that show to an, because uh, uh, I like, I, I don't know if, if we talked about it here, probably not. I think we talked about it over on uh, the Nerds United podcast is in no school is karate bigger than football. <laughs> it's just uh, not. You have not been to the Valley. Have have you been to the valley, Chad? I have been to the valley. All right, let me ask you I this. Live on the, other this side of the mountain from the valley. This is an important question. Yes. Does the valley think that much about karate as karate kid would lead you to believe? Uh, I'm not really sure because in LA, if you don't live in the valley, you try to not think about the valley and you stay away from the valley because it's the valley. And if you've seen Clueless, that's where you get carjacked at the circus liquor store. So that is a deep cut, my friend. Deep yeah. cut. Um, I, yeah, I was going to say the, the only thing I've really been watching lately is we've been binge watching, or yeah, not binge watching, but marathon watching uh, Superstore. Mm. And I, I watched it, I think I started it like around season four and watched weekly. And now we're watching, you know, two, three episodes at a time. And let me tell you, by the time you get to the fourth season, that show jumps the shark and becomes kind of uh, like now we're at the point where we're like, okay, we have to take a day off because we can't watch this more because these people are, it's just so annoying. Uh, none of the characters are likable anymore. Yeah. But I, uh, so I have similar feelings with community, which is a show that I really enjoy. Um but you're right there. It gets to a point where you start to lose too many of the original core members. But mm. I think what I do enjoy about community is it is so, it, it is so far-fetched that yeah. you don't have a problem, you know, like school-wide paintball wars. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. The, the initial show is so, it's always been so extreme. In right. The, you know, that you kind of go with it. Whereas yeah, Superstore has, again, it was extreme too. Cause none of the people actually work in, in the store. They're always on their phone. They're always mm-hmm. doing things, they're, you know? So it's like going to any other box store. Yeah. Speaking of which um, you've, have you seen Ghostbusters afterlife? I have. Yeah. We just watched that the other day and uh, I joked about the scene at Walmart. One that Walmart was way too big for that town. And two, why was there no one else in that Walmart, including workers? 
I, I, I will do my best to answer the first question mm-hmm. first. Um, I don't know if you know this, but like super Walmarts are all over, you know, throw a stone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that town was too, like I've been in towns and all throughout Southern Illinois that, you know, only have a couple thousand people and they got a super Walmart boss. I'm just saying. Maybe, I mean, maybe they spring up because I know my back in Illinois where my family lives, the closest Walmart, uh, which has been there for 30 years, which they, you know, now do have a food section, which they never had when I was growing up, but it's still normal size Walmart. You have to go into the quote unquote city to mm. get to a super Walmart. But yeah, I was just answer your other question about why was Paul Rudd's character the only person in the store? Uh, customer or worker or otherwise, I don't have an answer to that. I mean, you you see him running out to his car and it is vacated. Now, yeah. my only thing, I'm trying to think, I had a thought about this. Um, my only thing was that they probably that Walmart that is an actual Walmart for the purposes of being a Walmart store, probably it was nowhere near the town where the movie was filmed uh, on location. So they had to use a different Walmart and they probably had to do it off hours. And they probably, I believe filmed during the pandemic. Uh, So it was night shot. So they probably shot overnight. It was probably difficult to get convinced people to come out, you know, two in the morning to uh, shoot this one, one or two scenes from uh, for this Ghostbusters flick. By the way, Rip Ivan Reitman. Sad. Yeah, at least he got to see a good Ghostbusters film before he passed on. And, and now he's available for the sequel. Oh, Chad. Shame on you. <laughs> uh, it, I, I remember this is going to be weird because I obviously he did Ghostbusters, which was you know, 15 years before this movie that I'm about to reference, but I never like I, when I was watching Ghostbusters as a kid, I never was looking at the credits or anything like that, you know, like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, etc. But I was not looking at who the crew was, who producers, directors, things like that. So I remember quite vividly, actually, the first movie that I saw that I remember Ivan Reitman's name, uh, being on on those opening credits would you like to take a guess late 90s raunchy comedy oh i was thinking father's day but i don't know if that's ivan reitman i can give you more hints evolution did he do i don't know about that that's not the one that i'm thinking yeah I don't would know. Like, I, would, would you like I was some kind of hints? surprised, but I didn't know. I couldn't name more Ivan Reitman films off the top of my head. Um, when I was doing the Sporkle quiz, Ivan Reitman films after mm. he passed. So, no, uh, go ahead and because it would make for really bad listening for uh, people. The movie was actually came out in 2000 and it was Road Trip. Oh, no. He, did he do Road Trip? Yeah. No, that's Todd Phillips. No. The director of Joker. 
I'm looking it up. Evan Reitman's name was on there. He may I have been a remember. producer. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yes, Todd Phillips directed and wrote, co-wrote. Was crap. Yeah, now, yeah. now I'm all all kinds of. Hold your, on. your entire childhood is now now just it doesn't exist like it's all been a lie yes uh ivan Reitman was an executive producer on maybe Trump that's Trump. what it was okay i yeah. i i get partial credit i'll take the partial credit uh, but he did direct Father's day and evolution so go well, me. I, and i was i for clarification and maybe a, a little cover my ass i didn't mean necessarily directing i i but i recall okay at that time thinking Man, if if there's ever a a movie made about my life, I would want Ivan Reitman. <laughs> and I used to uh, think about songs that would be in the sound. Chad, did you ever think about songs that would be in the soundtrack of the movie of your life? Uh, no, but I think you just hit on next week's topic. Our our personal soundtracks to uh yeah. to our bio- biopic movies. Yeah, is that, is that your way of saying we're out of time? No, I'm just saying, oh. hey, we have an idea for a future episode. We don't have to try to scramble one together 30 Write seconds before. Writing Write it down. Now. All right, perfect. Um, yeah, because we have not even scratched the surface on what tonight's topic is supposed to be, Chad. I know. I'm supposed to have 100 podcasting topics that we could discuss. And that's going to, I mean, we've got four minutes left to go over 100 topics. But as I said, do you know what Ivan Reitman's last movie was that he directed? You probably don't. It's called, I'm just going to give it to you because it's a movie that I'm going to guess you probably have seen, but it's probably not a movie that comes right to the top of your head. Uh, it's a little Kevin Costner film called Draft Day. Okay. I would not have thought that that was an Ivan Reitman film. Draft Day, by the way, is the last time the Cleveland Browns did anything right as an organization. I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I'm sure it's a little little far-fetched everything happening in that one day but yes i enjoyed that i would recommend that as a good football movie still not i mean it's not better than varsity blues which again i still want to know how the nfl did not put a varsity blues clip into the super bowl opening mashup of hollywood football films but is that that what is that what they did before the super bowl yes i didn't see i didn't turn it on until Right before, like when Billie Jean King was out there for the ceremonial coin toss, so I, I missed some of the the ceremonials, as it were. Uh, yeah, very I interesting. Say real quick, just because I know there are rumors out there, Billie Jean King is not my lover. She's just the one that said something. I can't. Why can't I remember the lyrics to Billie Jean? I don't know. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. So draft day. <laughs> It is a Kevin Costner starred uh, picture uh, about all the conversations and behind the scenes, uh, dare I say, drama, things like that, that lead up to the uh, beginning of the annual NFL draft. I think what's more fascinating, perhaps the most fascinating aspect about draft day is that they u- actually used like NFL intellectual properties. You know, like they they said NFL, they had Cleveland Browns, things like that. They didn't make up a league, you know, kind of like they did for any given Sunday or realistically any other, you know, football, you know, movie out there. Um, there's uh, that that's not based on a true story. You know, you have the uh, Permian Panthers from uh, 
uh, Friday Night Lights. You had the uh, the Titans um, from I remember, remember the Titans. Thank you, thank you. Well done. Um, but you know the um, Varsity Blues team. That's that's a make make believe team. West Cannon um, Coyotes. West Cannon. I was I knew it was the Coyotes, but I couldn't West something. I couldn't. Thank you very much. Um, Playing football for West Cannon may have been the opportunity of your lifetime, but, but I, I don't, don't want, want your, your life. life. <laughs> My impersonation has gotten really bad over the last twenty years. Uh, I, okay, so clarification, Rudy. <laughs> that that takes place in an actual school, <laughs> Notre Dame. Uh, which, by the way, this will shock a lot of people. Chad, Rudy is actually my favorite movie of all time. Really? Mm-hmm. It's also my favorite Cosby kid. Theo. Theo? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Rudy had Bud as her best friend. I just thought that was a good pairing. Whereas Theo had Cockroach. And Adam Sandler on a few episodes. This is some deep cut stuff, Chad. I know. I know. I'm we're, pretty sure we're not even allowed to talk about Cosby. I don't think so. Not anymore. I think I think it's just the show when it airs on syndication and they take him all out. Um, that doesn't make for much of a show. <laughs> <laughs> Which, real quick, we got 10 seconds left. I'll say uh, look up the Saturday Night Live Hollywood Squares sketch with Anna Joy Taylor, whatever her name is, from Queen's Gambit. Quite funny. But uh, we're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. <laughs> <laughs>